Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quiz of Ice and Fire. Hello and welcome to Radio Westeros Holiday Quiz 2020. Today we have a game of trivia to keep you entertained and hopefully put a smile on your face at the end of what I think we can all agree has been the most brutal year in living memory for so many people. Let's hope 2021 brings us hope and at least some happiness. With all that said, it's time to introduce the other half of Radio Westeros. Here's Lady Gwyn. Hello there. Hey, guys. Very excited to uh, be here for what is our first live-streamed quiz. Today, as with our uh, pre-recorded quizzes. We have 20 questions for you all, and this is all centered around the very appropriate theme of winter. We're uh, coming right up to the first day of winter and all of our winter holidays, so uh, that is what we're doing today. There's plenty of material for winter in the Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> so now let us introduce our very special guests making their uh, Radio Westeros debut, Trivia Queens of the Fandom. Welcome to A Thousand Eyes in One podcast. Let's start with you, Tanya. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having us. I'm Tanya from A Thousand Eyes in One podcast. Thank you. And Nikki, your co-host, thank you for being here as well. Hey, happy to be here. First time caller, long time listener, Radio Westeros. <laughs> we're super, super gassed to be a part of this. Well, we're very happy to have you guys. Um, we know you guys do a lot of, um, you do trivia events and um, tell us what, a little bit about what you guys have been up to lately. Um, in the past, we did trivia events in person in here in New York City. Um, we, our trivia is usually anagrams, Pictionary, and then straightforward quiz questions. So we like to mix it up a bit. Now we've moved it virtually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How's that? How's the virtual stuff working? It's still pretty fun. We miss the group feeling and, you know, putting up the decorations and stuff, but it's still pretty fun. We do it. We do the virtual one every other month on Zoom. Oh, cool. Well, good. Well, uh, definitely listeners, uh, check that out uh, if you're up for trivia. And if you're here listening, chances are you are. So, <laughs> All right. As I said, we have 20 questions for you all. Uh, we all chipped in to think of the uh, cold, the coldest, frost, most frost-covered, wintry trivia questions we could come up with. We're going to ask the questions first, uh, then we're going to loop back to go over the answers. So make sure you have 
pen and paper handy if you want to keep track of your results. Plus, as a bonus, uh, we are going to stop right in the middle of the quiz and give you a riddle to solve, uh, which has been provided by our friend B-Word, Riddle Queen of the fandom. <laughs> so uh, we've got a good one coming up there. So we'll send it over to you, Yoke Boy, to get us started. Okay, so folks, are you ready? I do hope so. Buckle up for 20 questions of winter. To begin, here's our first question, and of course, we do hope to stump all of you. Okay, question one. What is the name of the vast area that is the northmostern part of Westeros, separated from the haunted forest by the frost fangs and several large lakes? So what is that huge expanse of land at the very top of the map, guys? Question two. The Starks are always ready for winter. They say winter is coming. They have an icy look and their home is called Winter Fell. And there's something about their home, something that keeps them all warm at night. No, we're not talking about a cuddle from Hodor. That geographical feature that keeps the Starks cozy in their home. What is it? Okay. Question three. Winter is coming are the famous words of House Stark, but late in the books, a non-Stark declares that winter is coming. Kill the boy and let the man be born. Who says this? Question four. In A Dance with Dragons, the situation in the, more, in the north is terrible. Snow is piling high, Stannis is in trouble, and cannibalism is occurring. However, not everyone is bothered about the downturn in conditions. Which minor character hilariously describes, declares a disastrous winter weather to be just Autumn's kiss? Just Autumn's kiss, eh? <laughs> Who knows that one? Okay, and on to question number five. White ravens from the citadel signify the passing of the season into winter. In whose POV do we see a white raven sitting on, the win on a windowsill having arrived to denote the advent of winter? Question number six. Many fans speculate a magical horn called the Horn of Winter could one day collapse the wall. However, the horn has been blown before and the wall still remains. For half a point each, tell us A, who blew the Horn of Winter, and B, what is said to have happened when he did. Okay, what do you know about the Horn of Winter? Question seven, when Robert visits his BFF Ned Stark in the north, the king wonders where Ned's subjects are. Ned says they're too shy to come out for the rare sight of a king, and Robert answers that they're hiding where? Question eight. Winter's cruel far up north, and as Lord Commander, Jon Snow needs to make sure the Night's Watch are well supplied if they are to survive. It's a matter of life or death, and so a huge problem for him. At one point in dance, John considers finding enough gold to hire glass blowers from afar to recreate the Winterfell glass gardens in order to grow vegetables. My question is, from where would these hypothetical glass blowers come from? Yes, glass blowers, where are they gonna come from? 
And question number nine. In A Game of Thrones, Comatose Bran Stark is visited by the Three-Eyed Crow, the mysterious Three-Eyed Crow. The boy has cryptic visions, and at the end of the sequence, he looks north and north and north. Beyond a curtain of light, he sees a cold place that makes him cry out in fear. What is the name given to this mysterious place? Question number 10. In A Storm of Swords, Peter Baelish aids Sansa in her mission to build a model Winterfell from the falling snow. She desires to recreate the glass gardens, but doesn't know how. What does Littlefinger gather for her to help her build the glass gardens? Hmm. That's a good question. Question 11. The Night's Watch raised 19 castles, but only ever manned 17 at once. Now that the threat of the fabled others is supposedly non-existent, the Diminished Watch only maintains three castles. Which three castles does the Night's Watch currently man? Question 12. The Thens are free folk inhabitants of Then, which is a valley in the peaks of which mountain range where Mance Raider gathered his followers? Hmm. Any Then experts out there? We need you more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one or I'm two, sure isn't there? There's one or two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question 13. During autumn and winter, this place, located outside of Winterfell, becomes one of the largest northern settlements along with Barrowtown and Winter Harbour. So which place, which seasonal place are we talking about here? Question 14. At the Fist of the First Men, what alerts the Men of the Night's Watch of the presence of the Others? Hmm. Okay. Uh, what is it that happens there at the Fist of the First Men? Now, question 15. When the person known as the last hero set out during the long night to kill the others, who and what accompanied him? Question 16. The faith of the seven cannot be found much in the north. However, House Manderley was from the Reach before they were forced to White Harbor, and they brought their gods with them. What is the name of the sept in White Harbor? Question 17. Who named the mysterious, possibly undead ranger who assisted Sam and Gilly as well as Bran and his cohorts? Who named him? Who was it? Question 18. Fire kills whites, but only dismays others. What two substances are believed to actually do harm to others, according to old texts? Hmm. Two substances. You tell us what they are. Question 19, the penultimate question. An open circlet of hammered bronze surmounted by nine black iron spikes in the shape of long swords. That was the design of Rob Stark's crown, who took his inspiration 
for this crown from who? And last but not least, question 20. White-skinned and blue-eyed, the sorceress and corpse queen was wife to the Lord Commander at the Night Fort. Which number Lord Commander was he? Ah, tricky. Who who knows that one? <laughs> okay, so there's the 20 questions. How do you think you've you've done? We'll we're going to go through the answers in a minute, but we thought we'd stop for the time being and do a riddle that's been presented to us from our Riddler friend, B-Word. So thanks very much to you. And here's the riddle, guys. I am warm, but I am cold. I am something to behold. You'll often find me beneath the snow. Many seek what lies below. This is a good one. <laughs> do, do you think, Lady Gwyn, why don't you repeat that? Why don't you read it out? Just because you need to hear it twice sometimes. I will read it again. I did. <laughs> I am warm, but I am cold. I am something to behold. You'll often find me beneath the snow. Many seek what lies below. It's a deep thought. And now we are going to circle around for the, the answers. Yep. Yeah, the answer to the riddle will be at the end of the answers to the quiz. So we're going to pop back in. We're going to remind you of what the questions were and uh, we'll give you the answer. And also um, we'll have a little bit of uh, evidence just in case you don't believe us. <laughs> <laughs> so we come, <laughs> we always have quotes. Okay. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So question one was, uh, what is the name of that vast area in the north, north, north part of Westeros separated from the haunted forest by the frost fangs and several large lakes? The answer is the land of always winter. Question two, what keeps the Starks warm in Winterfell? They're always warm. They're talking, they talk about this throughout the books, how, why they don't freeze when everyone else is freezing in the North. And the answer is because they've got hot springs. Yes, hot springs. We find this out 
And very early on, Catelyn II of A Game of Thrones, here's the quote. Of all the rooms in Winterfell's great keep, Catelyn's bedchambers were the hottest. She seldom had to light a fire. The castle had been built over natural hot springs, and the scalding waters rushed through its walls and chambers, like blood through a man's body, driving the chill from the stone halls, filling the glass gardens with a moist warmth, keeping the earth from freezing. Open pools smoked day and night in a dozen small courtyards. That was a little thing in summer. In winter, it was the difference between life and death. So, yeah, very essential to the stark and northern way of life, the hot springs in Winterfell. And question three was winter is coming as the famous words of House Stark, but who was it, a non-Stark, that declared winter is coming, kill the boy and let the man be born? The answer, of course, is Aemon Targaryen. Here's the quote. I'm not going to do an Aemon voice, although I did consider it. <laughs> <laughs> You are half the age that Egg was, and your own burden is a crueler one, I fear. You will have little joy of your command, but I think you have the strength in you to do the things that must be done. Kill the boy, Jon Snow. Winter is almost upon us. Kill the boy and let the man be born. So question four was in a dance with dragons. Uh, the situation in the North is terrible, and we get a minor character, a hilarious Northman, who declares the disastrous weather to be just Autumn's kiss. That was Big Bucket Wool, which is a great name. It's <laughs> <That is laughs> a great, great name. name. Probably. Great name. Yeah, I'm sure he's a big <laughs> fan favorite and just yeah. on account of his name, but also <laughs> on account of what he says here. Uh, so I have the quote for that. Later, when Sir Corliss Penny wandered wondered aloud whether an army had ever frozen to death in a winter storm. Corliss Penny being one of those cursed southerners <laughs> that were up there. Uh, the wolves laughed. This is no winter, declared Big Bucket Wool. Up in the hills we say that autumn kisses you, but winter fucks you hard. This is only autumn's kiss. <laughs> he has a way with words. Yeah, <laughs> telling it like it is <laughs> so eloquent and refined. Oh boy. Okay. So, hope you all got that one. Uh, question five had to do with the White Raven from the Citadel, which arrived to in to denote the coming of winter. Wanted to know in whose point of view did we see a White Raven sitting on a windowsill uh, that had just arrived with that notice from the Citadel that winter had indeed arrived. And the answer is Kevin Lannister, the final chapter of Dance with Dragons. Mm, that's such a good chapter. Oh. Oh. I remember the first time I read that, I lost my mind. <laughs> the quote, though, is, On the window seat, a raven loitered, pale, huge, its feathers ruffled. It was the largest raven that Kevin Lannister had ever seen. Larger than any hunting hawk at Casterly Rock, larger than the largest owl. Blowing snow danced around it, and the moon painted it silver, not silver, white. The 
the bird is white. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to question six. This magical horn associate uh, called speculated to be the horn of winter. What happened? Joramin blew the horn and it woke the giants from the earth. Yes, yeah, so half a point each, half a Joramin, and it's said that he woke giants from the earth when he blew that horn. We all look forward to the winds of winter and beyond when perhaps we'll see something like this on page. And here's the quote. Two queens, queensmen brought forth the horn of Joramon, black and banded with old gold, eight feet long from end to end. Runes were carved into the golden bands, the writing of the first men. Joramon had died thousands of years ago, but Mance had found his grave beneath a glacier high up in the frost fangs. And Joramon blew the horn of winter and woke giants from the earth, but I'm not sure that it's the same horn there. <laughs> okay, and on to question number seven. When Robert visits his BFF, Ned Stark in the north, the king wonders where Ned's subjects are. Ned says that they're just too shy to come out for the rare sight of a king. And Robert answers that they are hiding where? The answer is under the snow, Ned. Here's a quote for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bogs and forests and fields and scarcely a decent inn north of the neck. I've never seen such a vast emptiness. Where are all your people? Likely they were too shy to come out, Ned jested. He could feel the chill coming up the stairs, a cold breath from deep within the earth. Kings are a rare sight in the north. Robert snorted. More likely they were hiding under the snow. Snow, Ned. <laughs> I just imagine him being like, yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Question eight. Winter is cruel far up north, and as Lord Commander, Jon Snow needs to make sure the Night's Watch are well supplied. Um, he wanted to build glass gardens. Where would he get the glass mirror? Uh-huh. Yep. So glass, John is thinking about uh, his own youth at Winterfell. So he thinks glass might be of use here. Castle Black needs its own glass gardens like the ones at Winterfell. We could grow vegetables even in the deep of winter. The best glass came from mirror. But a good clear pane was worth its weight in spice and green and yellow glass would not work as well. What we need is gold. With enough coin, we could buy Prentice glassblowers and glaziers in Mir, bring them north, offer them their freedom for teaching their art to some of our recruits. I wonder if Winds of Winter could just be about Jon Snow growing some carrots and, uh, you know, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. John the gardener. <laughs> Little did we know that that was, yeah, that's where we're headed. <laughs> All right, question nine. In a Game of Thrones, uh, Bran is visited by the three-eyed crow in his uh, dreams as he lies comatose. He has these visions, and at the end of the sequence, he looks north, far, far north, and beyond a curtain of light, he sees a place that makes him cry out in fear. We wanted to know the name of this place, and it is called the Heart of Winter. Yes. Finally, he looks north. He saw the walls shining like blue crystal and his bastard brother John sleeping in a cold bed, his skin growing pale and hard as the memory of all warmth fled from him. 
That's such a good sentence. As he, as he looked past the wall, past endless forests cloaked in snow, past frozen shore and the great blue-white rivers of ice and dead plains where nothing grew or lived, north and north and north he looked, to the curtain of light at the end of the world and beyond that curtain. He looked deep into the heart of winter, and then he cried out, afraid, and the heat of his tears burned on his cheeks. Now you know, the crow whispered as, a, as it sat on his shoulder, now you know why you must live. Why, Bran said, not understanding, falling, falling, because winter is coming. Bran looked at the crow. Uh, and that brings to question 10. Let's see. In A Storm of Swords, a.k.a. the best book, Peter Baelish aids Sansa in her mission to build a model Winterfell from the falling snow. She desires to recreate the glass gardens, but she doesn't know how. What does Littlefinger gather for her? He brings her some twigs. That's about Littlefinger's contribution to things, isn't it? <laughs> twigs. Yeah, yeah and uh, I have the quote here. i just got to say, it's a, I just love that chapter and the whole thing is very beautiful. I can't think how to do the glass roof over the gardens. Littlefinger stroked his chin. Where his beard had been before, Liza had asked him to shave it off. The glass was locked in frames, no? Twigs are your answer. Peel them and cross them to, and use bark to tie them together into frames. I'll show you. He moved through the garden, gathering up twigs and sticks and shaking the snow from them. When he had enough, he stepped over both walls with a single long stride and squatted on his heels in the middle of the yard. And I've got to say, a lot of people think this whole sequence is maybe foreshadowing Peter Baelish's demise as this kind of giant figure. And, you know, that would make my Christmas. <laughs> That's on my list. <laughs> we can hope. So that brings us to question 11. The Night's Watch raised 19 castles, but only ever manned 17 at once. Now that the threat of those nasty others is supposedly non-existent, the Diminished Watch only maintains but three of these castles. Which castles are these? And I think, guys, you got to say all three for the point. Uh, the, we're not going to even offer half points. We're going to be cruel. Yeah, that's what I like. Make it hard. Earn them. Winter Earn is it. coming, guys. <laughs> so the three are Castle Black, East Watch, and the Shadow Tower. The Watch had built 19 great strongholds along the wall, but only three were still occupied. East Watch on its gray windswept shore, the Shadow Tower hard by the mountains where the wall ended, and Castle Black between them at the end of the King's Road. The other keeps, long deserted, were lonely, haunted places where cold winds whistled through black windows and the spirits of the dead manned the parapets. Spooky. <laughs> Question 12. The Thens are free folk inhabitants of Then, which is a valley in the peaks of this mountain range where Mance Raider gathered his followers. And this was the Frostfangs. Uh, that's right. 
is a quote. The Fens were not like other free folk, though. The Magnar claimed to be the last of the first men and ruled with an iron hand. His little land of Fen was a high mountain valley hidden amongst the northernmost peaks of the Frostfangs, surrounded by cave dwellers, horned footmen, giants, and the cannibal clans of the Ice Rivers. Sounds like a great neighborhood. (laughs) Okay, question 13 was regarding a place located outside of Winterfell that becomes uh, the one of the largest northern settlements, uh, rivaling Barrowton and White Harbor, but only uh, during autumn and winter. What is it called? It's called the Winter Town. Yep, Winter Town, Winter Town. When the snow fell and the ice winds howled down out of the north, Old Nan said. Farmers left their frozen fields and distant holdfast, loaded up their wagons, and then the winter town came alive. Brand had never seen it happen, but Maester Lewin said that the day was looming closer. The end of the long summer was near at hand. Which brings us to question 14. At the Fist of the First Men, what is the alarm that goes off to let people know that the others are near? One, two, three, horn blast. <laughs> <laughs> It's scary. You never want to hear <laughs> that third one. We do not. <laughs> Isn't it one for a ranger returning, two, two for the wildlings, mm-hmm. but no mm-hmm. one can even remember what three three's all about, and then you, you hear it. That's in the chat chapters. Brilliant. He hears it and he pees his pants. Yep, which is <laughs> I there's think a lot of. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. There's a lot of pamping in that chapter. <laughs> They're right. <laughs> Samuel Tarly stood shaking, his face the same colour as the snow that swirled down all around them. Three, he squeaked to Chet. That was three. I heard three. They never blow three. Not for hundreds and thousands of years. Three means others. Chet made a sound that was half a laugh and half a sob, and suddenly his small clothes were wet, and he could feel the piss running down his leg, see steam rising off the front of his breeches. How many of you cheered when that happened? Because I spent that earlier part of that chapter making fun of Sam for <laughs> going to pee his pants and all that. I'll be of, honest. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah, I laughed. <laughs> uh-huh. It happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> Poetic justice of peeing oneself. Very nice, George. We enjoyed that. Okay, so on to question number 15. When the person known as the last hero set out during the long night to kill the others, who and what accompanied him? Guys, you get the point if you get three out of these four, and half a point if you get one or two. And the answer is a sword, a horse, a dog, and 12 companions. And this is from a story from Old Nan. So as cold and death filled the earth, the last hero determined to seek out the children in the hopes that their ancient magics could win back what the armies of men had lost. He set out into the dead lands with a sword, a horse, a dog, and a dozen companions. 
Question 16. The faith of the seven isn't seen much in the North, but as we know, House Manderley is originally from the Reach. What is the name of their sept? It's called the Sept of the Snows and also known as Snowy Stept. Good, good course. It seems natural thing to call one of the only septs in the north yeah i think the only one you hear about is uh the only other one right yeah so here's a quote it says davos could see the domed roof of the sept of the snows as well surmounted by tall statues of the seven the manderleys had brought the faith north with them when they were driven from the reach so yeah not a lot of seven worshiping going on in the north Brings us to question 17. Who named? Who named the mysterious, possibly undead ranger who gave assistance to Sam and Gilly and Bran and his companions? And the answer is Samwell Tarly. From the books, Cold Hands was the name that the fat boy Sam had given him. For though a ranger's face was pale, for though the ranger's face was pale, his hands were black and hard as iron, and cold as iron, too. Question 18. Fire kills whites, but it only dismays the others. What are the two things believed to actually do harm to the others? And the answers are dragonglass and dragonsteel. So half a point for each, because it's the holidays and we're feeling generous. But you could have also said valerian steel. We'll take that point because, you know, we're not sure. No one really knows. Is dragon steel Valerian steel? Well, that's it. It's ambiguous, and I've got the quote to prove it. The armor of the others is proof against most ordinary blades, if the tales can be believed, said Sam, and their own swords are so cold they shatter steel. Fire will dismay them, though, and they are vulnerable to obsidian. He remembered the one he had faced in the haunted forest and how it had seemed to melt away when he stabbed it with the dragon glass dagger John had made for him. I found one account of the long knight that spoke of the last hero slaying others with a blade of dragon steel. Supposedly, they could not stand against it. Dragon steel, John frowned. Valyrian steel? That was my first thought as well. So we look forward to finding out, you know, what's the difference? Because dragon steel was presumably around a long time before Valyria. So it is a bit of a kind of anomaly on the timeline. It sounds like it could be similar or even the same, but it does kind of open history up and create some mysteries that we would like to see resolved. And on to the penultimate question. This is question number 19. An open circlet of hammered bronze surmounted by nine black iron spikes in the shape of longswords. That was the design for Rob Stark's crown, who took his inspiration for this crown from who? And the answer is the Kings of Winter. This crown was lost when Torren Stark bent the knee to Aegon the Conqueror in that famous moment from history. 
The ancient crown of the kings of winter had been lost three centuries ago, yielded up to Aegon the Conqueror when Torrin Stark knelt in submission. What Aegon had done with it, no man could say. Lord Hoster Smith had done his work well, and Rob's crown looked much as the other was said to have looked in the tales told of the Stark kings of old. An open circlet of hammered bronze incised with the runes of the first men, surmounted by nine black iron spikes wrought in the shape of long swords. Of gold and silver and gemstones it had none. Bronze and iron were the metals of winter, dark and strong to fight against the cold. And our final question, question 20. White-skinned and blue-eyed, this sorceress and corpse queen was wife to the Lord Commander at the Night Fort. Which number Lord Commander was he? Lucky number 13. <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not 13, it's 7. It's generally one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got a quote, quote for that. The gathering gloom put Bran in mind of another of Old Nan's stories, the tale of the Night's King. He had been the 13th man to lead the Night's Watch, she said, a warrior who knew no fear. And that was the fault in him, she would add, for all men must know fear. A woman was his downfall, a woman glimpsed from atop the wall, with skin as white as the moon and eyes like blue stars. Fearing nothing, he chased her and caught her and loved her, though her skin was cold as ice, and when he gave his seed to her, he gave his soul as well. <laughs> Another historical mystery, because people sort of make the assumption that there's no female others, and this this lady is, at the very least, otherly. <laughs> is she a sort of hybrid? Is she the offspring of the others and humans? Or is she a female other? You know, it's another intriguing story from history that we want to see kind of explained and resolved in the future. Perhaps one day. So those were your questions. And uh, tally up your scores. Let us know how you did. Uh, let us know in the comments here on YouTube or shout it out across social media. Bring it on over to Discord and let us know there uh, if you're part of that. So uh, before uh, we go on, we're going to give you the answer to our halftime riddle, which was, we'll repeat it here. I am warm, but I am cold. I am something to behold. You'll often find me beneath the snow. Many seek what lies below. And the answer was da -da, Winterfell. So thank you to our good friend B Word for the, that riddle. Uh, I thought it was a pretty difficult one. I had to work on it for a little while. And uh, we're going to be doing more riddles with her over on our Discord and perhaps on a, a, another trivia episode sometime next year so that is the quiz everyone thank you for playing and uh, now let's take a minute to hear a little more about our guest podcast a thousand eyes and one thank you so much ladies for joining us here today tell us about your podcast where to find you and what's coming up for you you can find us on so we we're pretty heavy on social media instagram a thousand eyes and one facebook a thousand eyes and one and Twitter, Thousand Eyes One. Um, you could also go to thousandeyespodcast.com. That's where we post 
our flyers for trivia, which we do every other month. And we're also starting a speculative fiction book club. We're branching outside of the world of ice and fire. Awesome. Our first book is Who Fares Death by Nnedi Okorafor. And we will be meeting, I think, January 17th. Yep, that's the date. Um, but we will post everything on our social media. Mm-hmm. And our next trivia will be in February. Awesome. Highly recommend that book. Uh, I read it with um, the uh, uh, Ice of Fire Con book club last year. And um, great, fantastic book. Yeah, we're just doing books we like, not in any you know particular <laughs> order. They don't have to be new. It's just yeah. whatever we're reading and we like. And hopefully there's only there are like one of them and not like some of the other series that we're reading. Because I would really love to do a Stormlight Archive, but those books are just too long. <laughs> I'm with you. I tend to avoid long, long series. <laughs> I keep getting roped into them. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, no, there's six more of these? Yeah. <laughs> That's been my 2020. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on with you guys. And um, Yoke Boy, what have you got to say? What's going on with us? Yeah, I just (laughs) wanted to say to all our listeners, thank you. We hope there is at least some cheer for you for this 2020 winter festivities. We're very close to releasing our The The Winds of Winter primer, and it's going to be on Dawn. We've like never covered Dawn. We've been doing Radio Westeros for years, you know, six years or something. We've never been to Dawn. So that is going to be really exciting. We started recording yesterday. I was pretty pumped and I can't wait to share it. And that should be with you very soon. It will start the patron rollout next week, public release a week after that. Yep. Lady Gwyn? Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, everyone will be back in the new year with new live streams, new trivias, new uh, episodes, regular episodes for you. If you join our show, please consider being a patron, which now includes access to our very fun Discord forum where we hang out, play a song of Ice and Fire related games, and generally have an awful lot of fun with people, a lot of whom are in the chat. So shout out to you guys. Uh, we love you so much, and we're so glad that you've joined us there, and we encourage everyone else to do it too. So thank you so much for joining us. See some Evo over there. Bye for now.